0: As down, out of brown. Up, as down out of brown. Back to his rear bumper as the 48 continues to try to take the lead from the 11- oh, oh, 11, the, the 11 around. The 11 goes
1: around and the caution will come out, a restart. He's not going to
0: get there, Alex Bowman coming out of four, he's going to win at Martinsville. <laughs> martin trucks jr looks like he will finish in a position that will get him into the championship for the 18 spins in turn two the two that will advance look to
1: be denny hamlin and martin trucks jr For the last time this season, welcome back to the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR. It is the season finale race, the championship at Phoenix. I just cannot believe that we are here already talking about this. Uh, Feels like Daytona was yesterday, and now we're getting ready to go into the offseason. But we've got one race to go, and on this episode... We are going to change things up a little bit because it's the finale, you know, we're, we're popping some champagne. We're having a little fun this week. This episode, we will be taking a quick look back at Martinsville. We got to talk about how we got here. There were some fireworks last Sunday and we will give a, a quick recap of what went down there. How do we do with our bets and everything in between there. And then after that, We're going to be taking a little bit of a a, a season recap at the four drivers that are in the championship. Going to do some stats, break them down, you know, kind of apples to apples comparisons between these four guys. Talk about their odds. And then we're going to spend the rest of the episode talking with our pal Derek from bettingpros.com. You can find him at PicksByBlaze on Instagram. And we're going to be breaking down the bets with him talking about the Championship 4, talking about any other drivers that we like at Phoenix for any particular reason. Top 10s, top 20s, head-to-head picks, just like we usually do. But now we'll have Derek along for the ride to break everything down. And then we got some bonus coverage because we will be also talking about the Xfinity Championship and the Truck Series Championship at the end as well with Derek. So we're going to do bit of a smaller breakdown of those four drivers in each one of those series and kind of call out our thoughts and make some picks there as well so if you're a fan of the lower series stay tuned to the end because we're going to be getting into those in a little bit more depth than we're used to uh, that is for sure so stay tuned for that so let's talk about martinsville before we can move on to phoenix because it was a wild one alex bowman i mean that's where you got to start right he's the winner and he spoiled the party for anyone that was taking the bets from this podcast, because we did have Denny, uh, plus 650 we had Denny Hamlin to win the race, and I was not thrilled like the fans in the stands were when he took out Hamlin, but it did seem to me like it was kind of incidental, um, you know, if you didn't pay attention to the race, he spins out Hamlin, who was in the lead, and Bowman goes on to eventually win the race, and um, looking at that in a silo, you could say, you know, that was pretty messed up, but earlier, you know, a couple laps earlier, or maybe that same lap, he, uh, he did kind of take the lead from Hamlin, but gave it back because of the way he did it. He, he got into his, his side and didn't feel, I guess, like that was the right thing to do. So he gave the lead back and, uh, then, you know, just got loose and, and took out the 11. So, you know. The, the people who are Hamlin fans definitely unhappy with the 48 saying he did it on purpose. I don't think he did it on purpose, but I do have the right to be pissed because it didn't cash my plus 650 ticket for Hamlin. So um, that controversy, it was interesting. Hamlin, you know, going off afterwards, flipping the double birds, interrupting the celebration on the front stretch with the burnouts and everything. Very um, different, I could say that. And the thing about NASCAR is, you know, this goes for anybody. I mean, when you make comments like that, where you called him a hack and and he was coming at the Chase fans as well, uh, because it was the Chase Elliott fans that essentially were booing uh, Denny Hamlin and cheering Alex Bowman when it happened, even though, you know, there's hypocrisy about, you know, with the fans, you can't really make heads or tails of the fans. They'll cheer for who they want to cheer for. Uh, But. When it comes to the NASCAR drivers, I love that they speak their minds, but you do have to be careful about it because things could come back to bite you. I mean, you're calling Bowman a hack. You're coming at the nine car fans. That is playing with fire. And um you know, it it always is interesting when you see these guys do this because they're they're putting themselves out there knowing that, you know, karma's a bitch and it could definitely come back to haunt them. But um in any case, Hamlin sneaks in it was a great race i mean martinsville that is a race that i would say you know has to be on my bucket list um i uh, i thought it was very entertaining um going back to the start you know we had three drivers that were not locked in chase elliott did a hell of a job to you know finish up front in the stage points got stage one got stage two and, and locked himself in to the championship before the race was even over before the race was like halfway over basically So that was big for him. I thought it was interesting, though, talking about the nine car, how he was dominating that race. And then all of a sudden, once he locked himself in, he kind of faded and went away. I don't know if that was on purpose. I don't know if they were just racing him differently. His teammates were up front racing him. I don't know if that had any factor to it, but it definitely seemed like it did. So that would make me a little nervous. We'll talk about Chase in a bit with Derek, but um, very interesting to me. It's all I'll say There's a finished 16th after dominating the race for the first half of it. So thought that was, you know, very strange. Then uh, Truex sneaks in. He was going head to head with Kyle Busch. We have no idea really how that worked uh, for Truex because he was, you know, putting himself three wide. He was in a good spot, put himself three wide. That knocked him way back. And it was a silly move by Truex to do that. It was really self-inflicted. So, anybody that was cheering for him to make the championship for was a little perplexed by that move. And then he was fighting points the rest of the time. And it really came down to him and Kyle Busch. And he sneaks in, like completely sneaks in uh, at the last lap there. So, props to him. He said in the post-race he had no idea, you know, how he did it. But they're there. And I guess that's... uh, you know a good thing and the the thing about the Hamlin Bowman thing Hamlin is your other driver he gets in on points but i mean i would be interested to see the thoughts of the the nascar fans if hamlin didn't make the final 4 because of that wreck, because I know everyone's cheering in the moment and, you know, they're, they're hating on him afterwards. And it's easy to hate on a guy who, who's coming out and being kind of vicious to the other drivers like Hamlin was. But if he missed the championship, I I would think that that's got to change some people's perspective on it. He made it in, which to me is a good thing. Um, I'll, I'll get into the, the you know, four guys in, in just a second. But um, that was, I think, overlooked by a lot of the post-race fireworks, um, because if he missed it, I wouldn't have been very happy just because I want quality in the championship race. And Hamlin, you know, I think represents that. So very fun race to watch. Like I said, got to get to Martinsville at some point in my life. Uh, It just seems really great because the, the first part of the race was very, you know, minding your P's and Q's, hitting your marks, doing everything right. And then just all hell breaks loose that second half, that third stage, really. And it made it fun, and really lived up to the hype. And I'll tell you what, short tracks in general, in 2021 have got it done. I mean, feels like we were talking about same thing with Bristol, and you know, just those tracks really delivered this year. So very happy about what we saw at Martinsville. It's perfect spot to have it as the cutoff race for the championship. It really brings a lot of entertainment value to it, and you know, a lot of good hard racing as well. So great job. Now we will talk about the trucks and the Xfinity Series Championships uh, later in the episode, like we said, but we would be remiss to recap Martinsville without mentioning those two. Seems like that has NASCAR nation just split down the middle. Everybody that I'm listening to, all the talking heads, really the old heads in NASCAR, are talking about how they hated the truck race and loved the Xfinity race. Um, In the trucks, it was a complete wreck fest. We had guys wrecking each other for no apparent reason. And, you know, the old guys like Dave Moody, Jeff Gluck, not that they're that old, but, you know, the guys who have been around NASCAR forever just hated it. We had the guys in the post race saying, hey, I'm doing what's best for me. No respect for the other drivers, essentially. And that's what really rubs people the wrong way. Zane Smith wins that race by kind of just doing what he needed to do. Uh, He wasn't really involved in anything that I would say would be um, out of line. He took advantage of other people getting out of line, but... We had a John Hunter Nemechek situation with Austin Wayne Self that was just, you know, ridiculous because he's the points leader and everything and was just really no reason for it. And there was a million other wrecks in that race. So very, uh, if you're a fan of wrecks and that's why you like the truck series, uh, which I do to some extent, I like seeing the younger guys kind of mess up, you know what I mean? That's, you know, part of the learning part of it. And That's a a draw to me, but a little bit too much, I think, on Saturday. And then right after that, we had Noah Gregson win his way in, in the Xfinity race, and he straight up won fair and square, nice and clean, and I think that's what a lot of the people um, in the NASCAR world liked about that race, because it was the complete opposite of the truck. So maybe we'll talk a little bit more about what went down as we break down the, the championships for those. But couldn't leave the Martinsville conversation without calling those races out as well. So great weekend in Martinsville. We can only hope that this week in Phoenix is going to bring the same level of entertainment and same level of racing um, across the board. So now we will transition to talk about Phoenix because it is just set up perfectly to be the championship race last year was the first time we ever saw it it seemed like it worked out you know fans seem to agree with it um and nascar agree with it because it's on the schedule as a championship this year and next year so phoenix will be the deciding race so let's talk about the typical track stats before we get into it 50 races at the cup series level for phoenix five times the winner has started on the poll last time it happened was the championship last year with chase elliott winner has started in the top five 38 percent of the time in the top 10 54 percent of the time eight of the last 10 races the winner has started in the top 10 and it started outside of the top 20 four times the last time that happened was ryan newman in 2017. so we've got qualifying back this week so these stats will come into play a little bit which you know finally we can see how these guys are off the truck and see if that impacts them throughout the weekend. The manufacturer stat here, Toyota has taken five of eight at this racetrack. So that would tend to uh, make you lean towards the JGR crowd at this race, especially the two in the finals. So let's break it down here. We got the four best drivers, in my opinion, going into the championship. I'm thrilled. The, The 750 package, that's what we're running at Phoenix. These drivers are the top four Average green flag speed with the 750 track. It's it's just the perfect for. Uh, I, I I'm so happy that it worked out that way. I did not want to see somebody you know kind of sneak their way in. Maybe they didn't deserve it because Lowski almost pulled that off at Martinsville, and I would have loved it for him. But you know I want to see the best of the best competing, just like you would in any sport. So that really stands out to me as. Super exciting for this weekend. I, I cannot remember a championship race that I've been this pumped for, and I guess this has something to do with it. The only thing is, there's no Ford representation in this. I think this is the first time ever in this format that they've had that. This is strictly a Hendrick versus JGR thing, which again, is super rare. JGR, looking back at it, has made every single championship four since they started doing this in 2014, but the interesting thing is that Hendrick has only had a driver in in the championship for three times, three times since 2014. And they've won two of them. So I thought that was pretty surprising, pretty good uh, ratio, I guess, to be the champion. But um, that is interesting. And then the thing that you know everybody will probably be talking about is there's never been a non-championship driver who has won the final race of the year since they started doing that. So that bet we will talk about with Derek, I'm sure. But that plays into it because we're going to be calling out for these guys and the trucks in the affinity when we get there, the odds for them to win the title and also win the race because winning the race, slightly different. Um, the cup series, clearly it, you know, if you're going to win the championship, it seems like you got to win the race. And, and I would expect, you know, the other drivers playing a factor in that. They're not going to race them as hard. We've seen that year after year after year. Um, A lot of times, I would say about half the time, if I can remember correctly doing the research, the top four is finished like one, two, three, four, or at least in the top five. So they definitely get some slack from the other guys. No one wants to be the driver to mess up somebody's championship hopes. So keep that in mind. If you want to bet on one of these guys, maybe you take them to just to win the race and get a slightly better uptick in the odds so let's break these guys down like I said a lot of stats coming out your way right now and then we'll bring in Derek to kind of break down the race and what we will expect so let's start with Kyle Larson he's plus 170 to win the title plus 190 to win the race he's a driver of the year I mean there's no getting around it. it doesn't matter what happens in this race when they give out the presentations at the end of the year he is the driver of the year in his 2021 season 35 races now for all of these guys He's got nine wins on all different types of racetracks. That's the thing. Just an eclectic group of wins here. And he's going for his 10th win. Just historic numbers here for Kyle Larson. 19 top fives, 25 top tens. His average finish is 9.3. That's very, very good. And he's also trying to win four races in the playoffs, which used to be called the chase, since Tony Stewart did it when he was in the chase. So, That is another historic stat to throw out there. So Kyle Larson, clearly the man with the plan. He's got the numbers. Everybody knows that he's the favorite by a lot. His Phoenix stats, 14 starts, zero wins in his career at Phoenix. That's, you know, something that kind of throws a wrench into it. Five top fives, eight top tens, average finish 11.6. And then you look at the last 10 races. Average finish goes up a little bit, or goes down a little bit, 9.7. That's third overall, but it's first out of everyone in the championship four. His driver rating is 97.4. Last 10 races, at seventh compared to everyone. And the driver rating is actually third of the group in the championship. His last runs at Phoenix, remember he missed last year's race, but his last runs were seventh, fourth, fourth, sixth, and third. So he's going to be there is the point. He's going to be there in the end. It's just a matter of where exactly he will fall, how the race ends up falling you know is somebody going to stretch it out a little bit and there'll be no late race caution but if there is you know those numbers that i just read off kind of say he's definitely got a shot so you know it's it's only right for him to win the championship because that season but hey this structure opens the door for others and speaking of others let's get to the next guy chase elliott plus 270 to win the championship plus 350 to win the race and i love the fact that we have the defending champion in the show it just makes sense right great to see him have to defend the title. It's big for competition. It's big for the television ratings. It's big for everybody. Um, obviously he's the most popular driver. So you got all of those eyes on it. His 2021 season, two wins compared to Larson. That doesn't look very good. And they're both on road courses, which, you know, maybe we'll talk about that, but two road course wins. That's it for chase. 14 top fives, 20 top tens. Those are good numbers. His average finish is 11.5 in 2021. Now, let's go to his Phoenix numbers specifically. 11 starts, one win, which was last year, four top fives, seven top tens. So, pretty good there. Average finish at Phoenix is 11.2. And looking at that last 10 race metric, his average finish drops a a smidge to 11.5. That's sixth compared to everyone on the circuit and third of the championship four drivers but his driver rating actually is pretty good. Fourth, 107.7, and second amongst the four guys running for the title. He finished fifth here in the spring and he won last year. So he's got positive vibes going into this race, that is for sure. Um, So even though he hasn't had a win outside of a road course this year, you got to imagine that the nine is going back with a lot of momentum. Denny Hamlin is the next guy up. He's plus 300 to win the championship. And this is the split right here, by the way, of Hendrick versus JGR. Clearly, the Hendrick guys have the advantage uh, in the championship matchup, splitting them in half here. But Hamlin, plus 300 to win the title, plus 400 to win the race. The controversy last week, you know, that was entertaining. Is it a distraction? Who knows? But he survived. He made it through. He had a bad finish because of that spin out. And he still made it through on points. So he's in the title. Like I said, I would have been... Upset if he didn't make it because this 2021 season was very good. Two wins, Vegas and Darlington. 18 top fives, 24 top tens. His average finish is 8.6. That's first. This is crazy. He has run every lap this season except for four. That is just crazy. He should have won the regular season championship. If it wasn't for Chase Briscoe spinning him out at Indy, he definitely would have had a, a much better stranglehold on that regular season championship. And so that's why I really wanted him in this race to go head to head against Larson. He had zero DNFs this year. That is just insanity. All these other guys have had at least one. And so there's something to be said for that. I mean, we talked about how Larson is the driver of the year. Obviously, Hamlin cannot compete with those stats, but these are still pretty damn good numbers here. Phoenix, he's got 32 stats, sorry, 32 races, which is the most of the championship four, so a lot of experience from him. Two wins at Phoenix, 2019 and 2012. So big gap in between his two victories here. 15 top five finishes and 19 top 10 finishes. We're not talking about his season this year. We're talking about just at Phoenix, his career. Um, His average finish is 10.8. Now, You know, I don't usually talk about career numbers, but making an exception right now, you know, for the championship race. But let's talk about his last 10 races because his average finish is 10.2. Now, I just said for his career, it was 10.8. So what does that say about Denny Hamlin? That says to me that he's very consistent at this racetrack. You're not going to get a lot of craziness from him, ups and downs. It's uh, very consistent. His driver rating is third on the circuit and first out of everyone competing in the championship 108.0 108.0 and he finished third this spring by the way So a lot of good numbers there for Denny Hamlin that we're calling out his season his numbers at Phoenix very strong He's definitely deserving to be in this race Now the final guy Martin Truex jr. It's kind of hung out to dry here compared to these other guys for the odds He's plus 380 to win the championship plus 450 to win the race he's the best value of the bunch I mean, any of these four guys have a shot to win it. So if you're looking for value, he's a guy that would get you that four wins this year. Okay. And the tracks that he won at are pretty damn good lining up for this race. He won Richmond, Darlington, Martinsville, and oh, by the way, the spring race for Phoenix. So, hey, the guy with the the lowest odds here, the, the longest odds, pretty good comparable racetracks for his victories. Um, so, Not too shabby. He's got 12 top fives this season, 19 top tens. His average finish, 12.3. That's not as good as the other guy, so maybe that's where the odds are coming from here. But at Phoenix, he has one start less than Denny Hamlin. 31 starts in his career. He's got one win, and it happened this year. Five top fives, 13 top tens. His average finish is 15.4. So the thing about Truex at Phoenix is he's been very hot and cold in his career. If you look at his like full slate of finishes, it's, you know, a couple really good ones in a row and then a couple crappy ones in a row and, then, you know, really strong and then really shitty. Uh, so it, it's really hot and cold, like I said. But what you could see is it might be on the hot side if he's winning in the spring. Where's that going to take him here next Sunday? So in the last 10 races at Phoenix, he's eighth in average finish, 12.4, and that's fourth out of all the guys for the title. His driver rating is also 8th, 97.1, and that's also 4th compared to the guys for the championship. So I'd have to imagine that's where the odds are coming from, right? They're, they're seeing those key metrics and seeing that he's 4 out of 4 in all of them at Phoenix. So it's uh, interesting that he's 4th here you know, in the odds because he's the defending champ of this racetrack. He won in the spring. So all of those things that we're talking about, make this race so interesting to me you've got the perennial powerhouse driver in larson you got the defending champion larson the guy who dominated and was consistent all year in denny hamlin and then the guy who's getting it done on this style track in this season it's just such a great makeup that i'm so excited to see how it's going to break down so that's the you know statistical breakdown of these four guys um, hopefully the apples to apples and the numbers didn't throw you off too much here. And without further ado, I'm going to need a little help this week to, to wrap up this season. We are going to bring on someone that we've had on a few times this year already. It's Derek from BettingPros.com. You can find them at picks by blaze. Like we said in the intro, Derek's going to come on and talk with me about who we like, you know, that's the stat breakdown, but who are we going to focus on specifically for the championship and then all the other bets that we usually get to? So let's bring on Derek right now. So now we will welcome on a familiar voice. We are joined for the rest of this episode, the finale by Derek. You can find him at picks by Blaze. And uh, he's going to be breaking down the Phoenix race with me. Derek, thanks so much for coming on this week.
0: Phil, thanks again for having me. This is, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, I can't believe it's the championship race in all three series already. So thanks again for having me back on. I'm looking forward to it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm so fired up for this race and for the weekend, as we'll talk about at the end, because um, we got Friday night lights and, and Saturday racing as well, but just the whole weekend capped off by Sunday. I'm, I'm happy that I have someone to kind of bounce my uh, energy off of um, and, and kind of see, you know, what comes back here. So I, I appreciate you being that guy. Um, I just before bringing you on, I broke down the four drivers. Didn't really give any of my thoughts because I wanted to save that for our conversation. Um, so before we get to that, though, I uh, just wanted to ask, kind of, how you made out. I guess at Martinsville, um, there were some fireworks that went down. Any thoughts uh, leaving Martinsville, heading into Phoenix, kind of the transition period, because that's where we're at right now in the week, uh, midweek. So, anything that happened on uh, on on your gambling side of things, then also what you thought about the fireworks?
0: Sure. Yeah. So. From a gambling perspective, uh, it was one of those typical uh, what could have been days. Uh, I had a pretty big bet uh, for Blaney to finish top 10. Uh, he, was, he was outside the top 10 most of the day, but he kept fighting back and fighting back. And as I'm watching him, uh, the last restart, I saw him take the high line and uh, sure enough finishes 11th, um, which is a bummer. So lost that. And then I had a uh, I had a nice size wager on Hamlin to win. Uh, Obviously, he got, um, we'll say, dumped uh, by Bowman. But I had a a wager on him to win because the failed inspection theory, um, that that almost proved to be uh, effective. But uh, those were my two um, kind of disappointing bets, if you will. Uh, I had a head-to-head with uh, Harvick and Bell Won that. Uh, I've been been doing pretty well with Harvick whenever I do uh, bet on him. Um, but it was it was more of a down weekend. Uh, luckily, NFL and NCAA kind of saved me for the weekend. But from the NASCAR perspective, uh, it was a little bit of a disappointing uh, weekend. But fireworks, like you said, all together. Um, I don't think anything Hamlin did uh, was wrong. I'm glad NASCAR did not find him. I'm glad they didn't uh, threaten anything. Uh, I think it's I think it was great for, uh, the talking points in, in the sports media, uh, as we went into this week with everything that happened. Uh, I think it's, I think it's good. And I think that it helps motivate even more so Hamlin as he goes into the championship this week. Um, so it should be, it should be a lot of fun, but, um, yeah, that's how I did, uh, from a betting perspective and, uh, love the race. So, uh, even though, it wasn't the most profitable. I,
1: I am in the same boat as you. Um, I, I didn't really talk about the bets from, from last week when I was giving the intro about Martinsville. It was more so kind of caught up in the mm-hmm. hamlin Bowman drama. Um, but, yeah, I was a similar situation. I had Denny to win, so that hurt. Um, the only thing that was really positive for me was Almirola he came to play and I had a, a good uh, amount on him. Didn't save me uh, for the day. Cause we did have, you know, some stuff go the wrong way, but Kyle Bush top five, Almarola top 10. That was um, something that I, I was happy with uh, that parlays, the head to heads didn't go my way last week um, did have Harvick. I believe in, in the one head to head, but the other two did not, so I agree. Same situation for me, kind of getting up off the mat here for the last uh, race of the year, but had a blast watching it, and that's kind of what I was, you know, hoping for was uh, a great race, and it it definitely seemed that way. The only thing I said in the intro that you didn't hear about the Hamlin fireworks was, you know, I, and I agree with you. I'm, I'm glad that NASCAR didn't do anything uh, about that stuff. It, I, I thought it was a little wild. We haven't seen anything like that really before um but it it strikes me as like a potential karma situation like to to it takes a lot of guts i think to be the bad guy in nascar because fans are so fickle like they they are not fickle i guess it would be they're so entrenched and so once you cross over that line to be like the bad guy and it seems like people have really started to hate him for a while. Now he's crossing into Kyle Bush territory and to have a championship race the very next week after like talking all that shit, really uh, that's dangerous. I think like, and I know everything you're saying makes 10 makes tons of sense. Like from a TV standpoint, from an interest level standpoint, he's doing the right thing. Um, I think NASCAR execs are probably patting him on the back, but um rather than like finding him, if they tried to find him, he'd probably be like, get the hell out of here. I, I just made you so much money. Um, so I, I agree with what you're saying there. I just, you know, if you're a, a hardcore Hamlin fan, you, you're probably like, you know, rooting uh, and tooting at the TV, you know, fist pumping, like, yeah, I love that interview, but there's gotta be a party. That's kind of like, Oh boy, you know, is karma going to come back to get us next week. So
0: We'll see, but I'm
1: in full agreement, basically, everything you said there, um, leaving Martinsville.
0: Yeah, and I don't think you're wrong either. I mean, we if you look at what Larson did, you know, Larson was uh, a little bit of a player in the beginning, but he really stayed out of the way. And why did he do that? He didn't want to create any enemies going into this weekend. So to kind of your point, you know, why would you, why would you bring that on yourself? Uh, I get the Bowman incident. I mean, that's for the lead. You're about to win the race, seven to go. I get that. The comment that about Chase Elliott and his fans that was that was interesting shade and maybe I missed something I, I but I I thought that was a little bit out of left field I thought we were past the Chase Hamlin uh, rivalry uh, but that, yeah so bringing that extra attention on yourself maybe not the smartest of moves but uh, I again I think it's I think it's part of it where he'll he'll find that extra motivation is kind of like. Uh, gonna go all out and you got to go through him almost uh, is kind of how he has that mentality uh, I feel like after seeing the interviews uh, and hearing them a little bit but yeah don't you don't want to bring extra <laughs> rivals to your uh <laughs> when you're trying to go for a championship
1: yeah that is I, and I think Hamlin to his credit thrives off of that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um, you know it, in his personal life this year, he's had some drama and then he's come right back and, and like one Um, So I, through his career, it seems like when he's kind of up against it, he he pulls through. I mean, he was a guy not to spend the whole starting point here on Denny Hamlin, but like he, he almost lost a ride uh, to Christopher bell. I believe it was, uh, or maybe it was Eric Jones that far back until he started going on that streak of five hundreds. That first one that he won a few years ago, like he was in the hot seat. Uh, people were talking about like when, you know, who's going to take over or who's, who's Eric Jones going to get a ride from. And uh, Hamlin's name was like the guy. And now all of a sudden he's like a perennial name. So he's stepped up to the plate when he's needed to. So we'll talk more about him. Cause I, you know, I, I definitely want to get into the, the gambling portion yeah. of it here, but I have to say, To start i gotta come clean with you here um i am feeling pretty good no matter what heading into the championship because throughout the season i have placed either a a large free bet or you know a, a large bet of you know my own on random guys throughout the year there were a couple that didn't pay out blaney and byron i had from earlier in the year but i actually got last race was huge for me because i have three of the four uh in future bets i had larson from earlier in the summer pretty decent odds um i have denny hamlin and i've got martin truex jr and when truex and once hamlin got spun out i was even more scared and the fact that truex snuck in i was like my gosh this is great so uh, as long as chase doesn't win and i don't mind if chase wins because he's a you know big name. And I think that's a big deal, but from a financial standpoint um, I'm 75% chance at this one here for a future bet. So I'm feeling pretty good there, but who stands out to you? I actually, before I get to that, do you think the championship winner is going to have to win the race? That's the top question. I think.
0: Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah. I think, I think these are the four best cars. Uh, and as we go into 22 with a new car, I think, the four best cars, I know there, there's a lot of new builds um, that these guys are going to be using this weekend. I know Larson's been having his built for weeks, um, and, and here he is, I know Chase as well. So uh, I think the, these four cars, they'll have the best, uh, newest equipment. As some other teams, drivers, some don't know where they're going to be, teams uh, are either getting out of the sport or transitioning, obviously, to uh, – new builds and new uh, equipment. So I think these four, one of these four will definitely uh, win the race. Yes.
1: So then that leads into the question. Cause when I was doing the, the breakdown of the Ford drivers, I called out their odds to win the championship and then also the odds that they have to win the race. And mm-hmm. for a couple of them, you know, it's a little bit of a difference. Um, so when you're gambling this Sunday, are you not even looking at the championship odds? Are you just betting right to win the race or like, how are you approaching that as the the gambler?
0: Yeah, I, I don't want to uh, overlook the championship odds, but but because of recent history, uh, what we've seen from this format, uh, no champion uh, has been crowned by not winning the final race at Homestead and obviously last year at Phoenix. And I think that trend continues Uh, I know guys like William Byron have been strong uh, that aren't in the playoffs anymore. So there's, there's obviously threats. And as you, as we go through the statistics, there's guys that are going to be threats that aren't in that championship four. But I think when it comes to the end of the day, um, especially with practice this week and qualifying this week, I think those four are going to really stand out and they're going to be a a cut above, which will, you know, at the end of the race, it's going to really pay dividends of who's, uh, that that winner is going to be the champion, yeah. I would, I would
1: tend to agree. Um, for the record, you know, while we're talking about it, a, a non championship driver to win right now on DraftKings is plus 250. So, if you wanted to just kind of have some insurance there, um, you could throw that bet in there. But I, I think, I think these drivers race the four so differently, um, and let them get away with stuff so if i was forced to bet on larson i'd probably take him just to win the race uh elliot i may do the same because his difference is plus 270 to win the championship plus 350 for the race so why not get those extra odds with hamlin and and truex they're both over plus 300 so um you know it might not be worth taking that risk uh on on forcing him to win the race but in any case, I think you're you're right in that the the championship winner is just going to have to get it done because they're they're all going to be up there and occupying the top five because um, no one wants to be the guy to, to end somebody's season like that. So they're not going to get in the way unless you're Alex Bowman uh, <laughs> trying to get some revenge for the comments. But right, um, you mentioned qualifying and practice. Mm-hmm. It's huge. It's mm-hmm. huge. And you are the guy out there monitoring the failed inspection. So do we think that's going to play a factor this week? Like, do you think they're going to go through practice qualifying and then fail inspection twice on Sunday? Do you think that's a possibility or do you think they're going to push it during uh, the previous two sessions and, you know, kind of have enough?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, Well, we've seen it a couple times now. Last year, we saw it with Chase Elliott. He won the championship. He failed. I understand there wasn't – I can't remember if there was practice or not. Um, But, you know, he failed last year, won the race. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, when he won his seventh championship, he failed, had to go all the way back at Homestead, came back and won. Uh, I would would say that the chances of one of those four – are around 50%, which might seem high, but that's, uh, I think they're going to push the limits. And then, uh, I mean, that's what we've been seeing. Um, I, I would say that if any of them don't fail the first time, if they pass the first time on Sunday, I, as a better, a gambler would be a little bit hesitant about that specific car going into the race, because here's an opportunity where you can, finagle a piece. You can move something here or try to get away with something. And uh, history has told us uh, before that there, there is some success with that. I would not be surprised. And you know, I'll be chomping at the bit, ready to go, putting out those uh, tweets and uh, messages on Instagram uh, if something like that does happen. Um, but yeah, I, I would say i put it at about 50% for any of those four to fail. Well,
1: that is definitely interesting. I, you know, if you are someone who has the ability to uh, follow along on Sunday and hold off on placing your bets before that, and definitely want to follow Derek for that information because it's going to be great. Because you're right, like that, if you're not pushing it, if you're the crew chiefs and you're not pushing it to the, the maximum level and you're, you're passing on the first attempt, mm-hmm. like – most fans look at that as like a positive. Um, I I think, you know, people were bringing up Denny failing inspection twice as a negative on, uh, you know, NASCAR radio this week and incident with Bowman. I'm thinking like, what are you talking about? Like if the crew chief's doing his job, he's pushing every limit. So if you're passing on the first time, then you're resting, I'd say, and you're, you're not, you know, doing everything you possibly can. So you are right about that. That would make me nervous. Um, to see, it'd be great if all four of these guys
0: fail, all start in the back. That would make for a hell of a, a run. That would, that would be my inspection theory dream. If <laughs> they failed, and then they just rocketed up to the front, and there they all are. That would be, uh, that would be funny. Uh, but that would be interesting. Yeah, I, I think, I, I do think that one of them will fail, and you know, as you've seen it, I know you and I just started uh, going over some bets this year, and as I introduced that theory to you, you, you have seen it time and time again, for sure. It might not have paid out as a W on the racetrack uh, at the end of the day, but I mean, consistent, consistently top fives, top tens. Um, so it's, it's, it's really an interesting uh, tool, but yeah, we'll see come Sunday. But I think, I think something like that could and will happen.
1: I'm looking forward to it. Um, I always love when, you call it out, and it's somebody that I had already thrown money on. Last week was yep. was that example, Danny Hamlin. I was I was fired up <laughs> when I saw that. Um, so, without you know further uh, skittering around the the question here, who stands out to you? I mean, if you have to call out a guy, or I'll even give you two, um, who stands out to you for and what reason?
0: Yeah. So. Um... A couple guys. Now, you, you're talking overall, correct? Or just in well, general?
1: I, I guess to win the title, and, yep. then, and then we can get into any other guys that you think might spoil the party.
0: So my championship pick, the guy that I think will uh, go out on top, uh, is Denny Hamlin. Uh, I believe that he will be a, a first-time NASCAR champion, um, you know, at the end of the day. And I think, like I mentioned, I think that you know, extra gear of his from Sunday, you know, he rocketed up to the front, uh, you know, got, got turned, didn't obviously win the race. And he said it, he said in the press conference, you got to go through me this week. And I think that mentality alone, uh, I think, I think kind of sets a little bit of a bar. Now, what would the storyline be Phil, if he would have won on Sunday, there'd be a lot more extra attention saying, Hey, this, this guy that finished second in the, the standings in the regular season has been head to head, neck to neck all year with Larson. I know his wins versus Larson's are not there, but everything else is pretty much right there. So I think, I think it's, it's his turn. I think it's uh, his time. And that would be that that's going to be my pick. That's going to be the guy that I'm, I'm investing the most in this weekend. And I, you know, I think that's, probably the best pick in in my book um so he's he's the guy that i'm thinking will um you know raise the championship at the end
1: i agree with you um obviously i called out the the guys that i had future bets on but if you know i'm going to be throwing more money down this week on the you know winning the race bet and the championship bet and hamlin stands out to me i mean I don't know why he's the third best or, or, you know, third longest odds to win the championship and the race. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, Larson makes sense. He's the heavy favorite. Great. But to have Chase shorter odds than Hamlin, it's strange to me. And I think it has to be a little bit of laziness um, just because Chase did it last year. But Denny, he, there's so many things about Denny that I like. Uh, when you're just looking at the statistics alone, but not even getting into the, you know, the outside the track stuff that we're right. uh, talking about, but, you know, you're looking at the the guys, you know, for their career out of all the four, he's got the third best starting position at mm-hmm. Phoenix, but the best career average finish like that tells you that he's able to kind of work through the, the garbage and, and get good finishes he has by far, compared to the other three, the most top fives, which I think is a really good stat. And I know that he's got the most starts at Phoenix. But even if you multiply the other guys um, to to try to get onto his level, like try to make it apples to apples as far as career starts, he okay. still beats them in top fives. And you know, fifteen career top fives—that's better than you know anybody if you do the math there. So. That to me is like, okay, well, Denny's going to be there in that top five. It's just, where's the race going to be? How's the race going to play out? And how's, you know, he going to make it happen. So I like Denny. I like his odds, like plus 400 to win the race. That's really good for someone of his caliber. So I I was confused as to why he wasn't right behind Larson. So that's one of the reasons why I'm like, okay, this week I got to do it. Now Larson. I mean, I wouldn't mind throwing money on him because I kind of want Larson to win as a NASCAR fan because I would like to see the best driver of the. Oh, by the way, sorry, before I transition to Larson, Denny, I mean, you talked about him and his regular season title hopes. Like, one of the things I called out that I'll share with you is zero DNFs. Mm -hmm. That is wild and only missed four laps all year. That's unbelievable to me. That's mm-hmm. consistency at the best average finish compared to everyone in the regular season. Like he knows what he's doing. He's just calm, cool and collected, he goes out, gets it done, and and that's it. So that's a reason why you could feel comfortable throwing your money on Denny this week. Larson, I want him to win, like I said, from the NASCAR standpoint because he's the driver this year. like he's the guy, who deserves to be the champion. I'm sure if they did like the old school points that all the old guys want to go back to, he would be the champion probably already. But, you know, I can't really get behind his odds. You know what I mean? As a gambler, as a fan, I'm like, yeah, sure. That would not piss me off at all. I would actually like that because I want NASCAR to crown the right guy. But I can't get behind plus 170. You know what I mean? It's just too short. It's too short. And he doesn't have any wins here. And, you know, looking at the 750 tracks, Denny's better than him. Um, True X is better than him. I'm trying to pull up my, my spreadsheet here. He's third in 750 track green flag speed. So, you know, it's just too much um, to, to put money on those short odds. I mean, I would imagine, it sounded like you agreed with that.
0: Yeah, I do. What I'm going to do with Larson uh, is I'm actually going to try to live bet him uh you know maybe he's one of those guys that does fail uh inspection then he's starting at the back uh if you live bet him you're going to get better odds uh at some point you know if he's in the mix if he's hanging around the top 10 uh maybe not dominant but you feel like hey there could be something here he could strike uh fire here at the end you know his his odds are going to be higher than 170 190 so um you know throwing on something live i feel like is the only way to do it unless somebody like yourself that has already made an investment prior to win the championship. um, You know, it's just tough to get behind somebody right now and say, you know, I'm going to throw X on Larson at that price point.
1: Yeah. He's, you know, getting into another bet. If you wanted to throw something on Larson head to head against Elliot, he's minus 140, And even that number is like a little too steep for me. Yeah. I don't love that. No, like if he was like minus 120, I'd be like, yeah, lock me in. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I'll, I'll probably work my way through that. And because you want to have something on him um, for, you know, everything that I said, like he, he's just the guy this year. So he, he's the guy who should be wearing the crown. It's just, I want to figure out the right way to make money on him <laughs> this weekend. Yeah. Um, so I guess Chase is kind of like, I don't know why I'm, I'm just kind of blah on chase. And because I'm saying that um, he'll probably go out and win the damn thing. But uh, the funny thing about chase and Larson, you know, the, the two Hendrick drivers, I went back and I looked at the last 10 races at Phoenix. Yeah. And I wanted to see who of the four, like it's almost like uh, you're looking at group bets on yep. these races So who had the most wins, uh, compared to the other three in those 10 races and chase and Larson both had, uh, actually, no chase had three. One of them had an asterisk because Larson wasn't in the race last year for obvious reasons. Um, and then Larson had four, I believe. So that's pretty telling that the Hendrick guys, you know, completely got it done here. Um, But it still makes me a little blah towards chase. Like I, I feel like his wins this year, the other guys have won on racetracks that can prove that they've got the ability to get it done this year. I know he's a defending champ. He did it a year ago, but this year is a different car, different, setups different packages or whatever Mm -hmm. and he's only got two road course race wins and one of them is rain delayed or rained out so he's not he's just blah for me um do you agree with that or do you have any way to to throw something on him
0: um i I don't disagree uh, I know like you said the wins aren't there when you're looking at short tracks or intermediate tracks um like you know I mean he does have the road course wins um uh, but it's so it almost makes it even more impressive that he made it to the championship without without winning you know any of those races coming down the stretch he had to point his way in so uh yeah I mean the, I I I would love to see, I mean, I'd love to see Chase win. I just don't think it's, I don't think it's his year. Um, There isn't anything that's pointed me towards uh, saying, you know, this is going to be his year. Last year when he won at Martinsville, it was like, wow, okay, this, he needed that. He carried that momentum in. And, you know, last year as a result, you know, he, he was, he was pretty good. He was running fourth average uh, running position of fourth all day. So, um, you know, he, he obviously had the car, but I, I think, I think even though Hendrick was, you know, the top tier team this year, Gibbs was right behind them. And I think, I think again, they come out on top. Uh, I even think it would be a one, two Gibbs finish. So, uh, yeah, I, I think they, I think they take it. I, to, to
1: just kind of round it out with Truex, um, I'm going to throw money on Truex this week as well. Um, because I, first of all, he won the the Phoenix race this year, but the tracks that he won on, I did mention this uh, a few minutes ago um, leading into this conversation, but the tracks that he won on almost are like prep for the championship. Mm-hmm. And that's a guy that I want. And And I'll also, you know, if you combine that with the fact that he's got the longest odds, like as a gambler, I'm like, yeah, let me, let me get in on that. Like, why not? It's kind of a shot in the dark. Like, Hamlin's the guy that I would probably throw most of my money on. Mm -hmm. Um, i probably make Larson a no play. Chase, I'm questioning. But Truex, I would throw a little bit on because of that. So, uh, I'm surprising myself, you know, from like five weeks ago, I probably wouldn't have been all in on JGR. But um, to me, with the money and the odds and the the stats that we're looking at, like, that's really – how I feel is the best way to play it.
0: Yep, I agree.
1: So who, I think you said that you might have somebody in mind to spoil the party. It's plus 250, like we said, to have some non-playoff driver win. So was there anybody that you had kind of circled as potential there?
0: Yeah, I mean, when you're looking at the statistics, uh, a guy that's finished um, second, third, and first, the last three times we've been at Phoenix, is Joey Logano. Uh, you know, he's he's got consistency there. Uh, his average running position uh, is is really, really elite. Uh, last year, or I'm sorry, this year in the spring, he had an average running position of second. In the championship, he was running second as an average uh, for the duration of the race. And he's also got a sixth, fifth, and ninth. So he's constantly in that top five. And if you can get a guy that's top five that just clicks one day, um, that would be it. But again, like I said earlier, I'm I'm still picking a championship four driver to win. But if anybody was going to spoil the race, I could see it being Joey, um, you know, as an outright um, for this weekend, just with his backing up some of his stats alone. I don't
1: hate that as a top five. Um, I mean, he's plus 2,200 to win the race. So yeah, that's, right. that yeah. is a much better payout uh, if you hit it on the button for uh, a non-playoff driver. If you get it dead on plus 2200, that's, that's taken to the off season. Pretty happy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but and plus,
0: plus 130 top five. Uh, that's a yeah. solid bet.
1: Like mm-hmm. even, cause yeah. even if they all finish top five, there's still another spot open. So yeah. who's yeah. it going to be? Right. And those stats, they're pretty good. It, it, I guess to me for Joey, it's all about like, how do you, for a lot of these guys, um, the, the Penske guys specifically, like Brad, I think is probably checked out. Yeah. Joey, you know, what's his deal? Is he going to come to this race and try to build something moving forward, or is he going to close it up? Um, what kind of pride do they have? I'm looking at Blaney and Logano in that sense. So, uh, I would I wouldn't mind throwing down those stats. You rattled off are pretty strong.
0: Yeah, and I think, I think not having a Ford driver in the championship four, I think that gives extra motivation to be that guy, uh, end the year. Um, I, I know points are still in play, uh, even for guys fifth through uh, on back. You know, there's still money to be had for them, big money too. So I think being the top finishing Ford driver, I think, plays a little bit um, – and I think that could be that little bit of motivation. He's arguably the best Ford or top four driver uh, in in the sport. So, uh, that, yeah, top five at plus 130. Uh, that's a bet I'll definitely be taken uh, for sure.
1: Awesome. Um, I guess then I would transition, unless did you have any other guys to win? No, no. Nope. Talk about Ford. Uh, for a second here, because my guy that I called out uh, getting into some finishing position mm-hmm. bets here, top 10, yep. the odds are, you know, week to week, I can't seem to get consistency from the books like sometimes you're like, wow, I got to bet all of these guys, because the odds are, are not right. And then you're looking at the top 10s and top 20s like, whoa, there's these odds, they don't speak to me at all. Um, but this week, I think they did make a mistake. Eric Almarola is the guy and, you know, talking about top Fords, he's plus 1200. And if you want a, a slick payday there, the Penske crew, I mean, they were off big time last week and Almarola was very strong. He ran top 10 last week and we cashed in on that, um, on the podcast last week. And I'm going right back to the well. now. I think more people on, are getting on board. I, I did happen to see some tweets. Um, PJ Walsh, I believe, from Action Network. He's buddies with our guy, uh, Jordan Maccabee. Mm-hmm. And they were uh, writing articles about Almarola. I think he opened at plus 225 on top 10, and now he's down to plus 120, at least on DraftKings. So um, clearly the the secret might be out a little bit, but I'm throwing money on Almarola because. 750 tracks he's just come alive i mean the the, i would i would caution anybody to or not caution i would encourage anybody to go look up pj walsh's article uh because he was kind of doing like a blind resume on his tweet like who is this guy you know what i mean and he broke down some similar tracks his average finish is top five amongst all drivers at those similar tracks and it's Almerola and You know, he's six. I'm a big proponent of the green flag speed on the rules package. Sixth in green flag speed at these tracks. So I think the, I was really hating on Almirola when we were in that stretch of 550 tracks because he's garbage at 550, but at Phoenix, he's still pretty good. I mean, not even just this year on 750s, but last 10 races, no wins, but two top fives, five top tens. You're telling me that I'm getting plus. 120 odds for 50% of the time it's happened in the past, like pretty solid average finishes 11.7. That's seventh out of everyone. And his average starting position, I don't usually call this out as much as I've done on today's episode, but his average starting position is 19.0. So that's a huge improvement. Like yeah. I don't typically see that week to week when I'm looking at the stats for these guys. So I like to see that. So everything that I'm laying out there makes me high on Almirola this week to finish in the top 10 and plus 1200 to be the top forward. I think is, I mean, he's got some competition with somebody else I'm going to mention in a bit, but that's a, a shot in the dark for maybe a smaller bet and see if that pays out like it did last week.
0: Well, Phil, you took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, like you said, <laughs> sorry. Almirola, top 10 uh, is exactly what I had written down uh, as well uh luckily for anybody that bets on the barstool sports book uh app uh you can get him at plus 185 so love that uh, a little bit better and i was looking at that same article by pj uh and it it is good it, i recommend as well anybody go out and look at it but yeah his odds going from 240 the whole way down to <laughs> what they are now uh you know guy more and more people are definitely jumping on that so great call out with that and i absolutely agree so everything you said uh, I back, well, I'm sorry.
1: I, I stole your thunder. I'll default to you then for, for any, uh, finishing position bet after that.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, uh, one that you can look at, and I'm interested to hear your thoughts on this. Um, I looked at Kevin Harvick. When you think of Phoenix, you obviously a name that's always thrown around is Kevin Harvick. He's had a, uh, a pretty good year, uh, had a dominant year last year. But at Phoenix, he is in his last nine races, he has a worst finish of ninth of his last nine races. So it's incredible. Uh, And you can get him, you know, as a top five on DraftKings at plus 300. Uh, Or uh, I know you have to pay just a little bit of juice uh, on uh, him to get a top 10 at minus 140. Um, But that still looks like a bet to me that I like. Um, I would love a guy that's plus money. Uh, and maybe you have one uh, for us, but uh, at minus one hundred and forty for top ten or plus three hundred for top five, Kevin, you know it's almost too hard to pass up. Um, so you know that's that's kind of the other guy I was looking at um, the most. Uh, what do you what do you think about that? I love it,
1: and so I'm going to get a little out of uh, my normal structure here and and dip into a head to head that I had because. Mm-hmm he was I, I called out one head-to-head in detail and, and it was kevin harvick um but your top 10 for harvick makes a ton of sense to me because in his last 10 races he's 10 for 10 mm-hmm. <laughs> finishing in the top 10. like that's he, he's the only guy or sorry because has all no, no no he's the only guy to do that um you're right in top tens yep. so by two races the next best guy has eight uh which is kyle bush so Minus one hundred and forty. Like I'm shocked it's not minus two twenty five. You know what I mean? So I love calling him out here. Now you were talking about you'd like to get him in, in plus money. Well, right now on DraftKings, he's going head to head. And I'm sorry to kind of skip ahead here, um, but he's going head to head against Ryan Blaney, and he's plus one hundred as the underdog in this matchup. Okay. And if you want Kevin Harvick plus money forget about top tens. Like you just got to beat one other guy that speaks volumes to me. The odds here don't make sense. I was shocked when I saw them and I actually probably should bring it up to make sure they're still that way from when I wrote them down. Um, But let's just, you know, quickly dip in. I mean, one win, six top fives, 10 top tens, kind of like what you were just saying. His average finish, like you said, is, is great. Driver rating, great he used to be the guy here. Like you said, you think of Phoenix. I think he didn't he win like three or four in a row. Like it was like insane. His stretch in the, you know, 2010s. So he's still running well here. It's not like he's lost it. Those 10 top tens in a row. Speak to that. Then you look at Blaney. All right. And I guess this is maybe more so about Blaney than it is Harvick in a away, but, He's only got five top tens in 10 races here. He's not as consistent. His average finish is 15.7 with two DNFs. Mm-hmm. It's he's up and down. It's not like he's like the stats that we're seeing with Harvick, it's completely erratic. Then, what we were just saying about Penske is Blaney going to bring it? I, 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 he's a young guy, he knows what he's doing next year um he i think can rest on his laurels he was the man at penske he kind of rose to the top logano dropped down a little bit that's why I, i'm more inclined to throw some money on logano because he has something to prove a little bit Blaney, if you're him you're thinking like all right where are we going out that night you know what i mean who, who are we celebrating with it, hopefully chase wins so we can go celebrate with my buddy like i i think that's where his mindset is at because he did what he needed to do this year and kind of becoming the leader of that pack. He's not going to change anything um, by going out and running extremely well on uh, Sunday. So all that is just more mental than it is what we've seen on the track. But if you're just sticking to the metrics, it's Harvick all the way and it's not even
0: close. And if we also look at uh, something that you point out uh, in a lot of the episodes, you know, you, you like to look at guys, uh, going into the next round with momentum. Well, let's look at the opposite way. Ryan Blaney is not coming into Phoenix with any momentum. I mean, they were off last week bad. Uh, and a lot of people had them pick to top five to win, um, to be a contender, to be a championship contender uh, this week. But they were off everywhere last week. Uh, and then Kansas obviously got put in the wall by uh, Austin Dillon. And so they're not coming into this race with much momentum at all. And I think good opportunity to take a guy like Kevin Harvick plus money, uh, you know, and take that, take that to the bank because we gave where we already gave out the stats 10 for 10 uh, in his last uh, top 10 finishes there. So uh, I love that bet a lot. Really good call out with that.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, to you as well, I mean, top 10, top five, everything uh, I would, not be opposed uh, throwing money down on Harvick. And I just wanted to, to pull up. I know I called out Almarola a, a second ago for um, the best Ford driver. I'm just checking right now to see where we find Harvick at for top Ford. Let's see. He would be plus 400. So, I mean, there's, if you're a Kevin Harvick fan and, or you love money, there's a bunch of different ways right. you can bet on him this week. So, uh, yeah, I, I like, I'm happy that you called him out. I'm just sorry. I jumped ahead for the head to head stuff. No, that's fine. So, um, any other finishing position bets? I have one more, but I, I don't want to jump, uh, the gun on anybody that you had.
0: No, uh, you're good. Go ahead. Cause I have, I have one other head to head, uh, that I wanted to highlight. So if you have another, uh, top finishing bet, love to hear it.
1: Yeah. So. This kind of requires you to to hear me out, I guess, a little bit, but it's top 20. And kind of like what I was saying a second ago, looking at the top 20s, it's really hard to find value. I mean, even some of the guys that are stretches, uh, you're looking at the odds like, what the heck is going on here? But the only guy that I could kind of cling to and really make a case was Ryan Newman. Now, I called him out last week, and he let me down big time. Uh, he was like four laps down at one point, really struggled. Um, but at Phoenix, th- you know, this is what we're working with here. Now, when you're looking at the last 10 metrics, uh, he only has nine starts in that time frame. but average finish of 15.2. So that's well within the top 20, one win five top 15s, seven top 20. So 70% of the time he's getting us what we need. Um, he, has not been great here recently back to back outside of the top 20. So that's not, you know, exactly what we're looking here for or looking for here, but this is the thing that I need you to kind of cling on to. Mm -hmm. I think this is his last ride. Um, Kazlowski's taken over the six. We have not seen a lick of news about where Ryan Newman's going to land. And so if this is, his last ride in a real car, not a ship box, then I would have to imagine like he knows the answer to that unless he's got something lined up with a contract and and there's another team out there, or maybe I'm missing the news. Um, Ryan Newman is going to want to perform. He's not going to want to have a terrible taste in his mouth. And if he is showcasing his talents last week's not getting it done. So, you know he's got a driver rating of 75.9. That's 15th compared to everyone at this racetrack. Seven top 20s, like I said, I mean that's that stands out. When I look for top 20s, I pull up the stats, I filter by most top 20s in the last 10, and I go down the list until I find a name that sticks out that shouldn't be there. And Newman jumps out, so he he fits the bill for you know, decent odds, decent stats. And then when you factor in, this could be the last time you're seeing Ryan Newman on a racetrack in a while. I would like to a throw money down on him and B hope that he's bringing it. So uh, is that too far fetched for you? Or uh, is that a decent sales pitch?
0: <laughs> no, that's a, that's a good sales pitch. And you're going with the guy that, you know, every driver has said is the toughest person to pass. So what's one way to, you know, keep, you know, have confidence in a guy that's going to stay in top 20, like you're saying, uh, be the toughest car to pass. And I do think he, this is probably it. Um, his career will look back at it. Didn't get the do. I mean, he was so good so early um, and, you know, it's a kind of a bummer uh, that it would end this way. Uh, but, you know, I think, I think, I think you picked a good one there. I like the 15th. What was his average position again? 15th. Yeah. It was
1: uh, a, let me find him. Sorry. I flipped it around here. His average finish is 15.2 and his driver rating is 15th. So he's well within the the cutoff there.
0: And I don't think I hadn't seen any other drivers that were really fighting for that position of the top 20. I found the top 20 to be the toughest for me to find, for me to figure out. So uh, you listing rattling off a uh, top twenty bet was uh, was great. It was exactly what I needed to hear, and <laughs> the listeners as well. So uh, I'm in for that.
1: All right, good. I hope uh, I hope I don't let us down. Hopefully, Newman doesn't let us down. So uh, you know, he, if you're out there, Ryan Newman, let's get it done. One last ride. And I love the point you made about being tough to pass. I could see Newman being uh, on the tail end of the lead lap with like four laps to go not letting those guys pass him like for the championship. Like that would just be so Ryan Newman going out like that. But um, yeah, really good point there about that. So that's all I have for, for finishing positions. Um, I talked about my head to head with Harvick. Um, What do you have for head to heads? There, there are decent ones out there. It's just kind of tough to zero in on one. So I'm interested to see what you have.
0: So, besides the Kevin Harvick and Ryan Blaney, which was my favorite, um, the one that was right behind that is Kyle Bush versus William Byron. Uh, Kyle, he has six top five finishes in his last nine races at Phoenix. Uh, he's got a head to head record against William at Phoenix, five to two uh, Ooh, in favor love of Kyle that. Bush. Uh, I know William's been, uh, man, he's been doing so well. Uh, he's constantly up front these last few races, but when I look at the previous track history, uh, you know, I'm inclined to think, okay, I can get Kyle at minus one Oh five, essentially plus money. And, you know, I love that. I love that. Uh, love his track history. I love the head to head. And again, you're giving me, you're giving me Kyle Bush who gets practice and qualifying. And it's been one thing about him that I remember him saying, uh, at the beginning of this year that he felt like he was off their team was off because they weren't able to go out and practice they weren't able to go out and qualify and tune in that car um, if he gets those tools he's arguably the best driver on the track because of his talent uh, his equipment so you're telling me you get qualifying and practice uh, I'm going to take Kyle Busch against William Byron, again, minus 105, um, and I like that. So what, what do you think about that uh, matchup?
1: I love that you're calling out Kyle Bush here, um, not to make this a JGR love fest, but that point, to me, is all I need. The, the, I was listening to uh, some talking heads this week, and they played a clip. That you may be referencing, or one of them, because all he's been doing is bitching that there's no Mm -hmm. practice and qualifying. So you're giving him exactly what he wants. the The plan now is is coming to him. He can, you know, structure out their race, get the car exactly like he likes it. Because they said in the clip, it takes them the first stage really to get the car like he likes it. I mean, we know that he's a whiner and he complains, and so crew chief is. Doing God's work, essentially working with him, trying to get the car right so that he can go racing in the final stage. So to me, that's all I need, you know, head-to-head matchup. And he's the underdog. He's minus one of five, at least on DraftKings. Right. So I'm in. I'll I'll ride with you on that one, uh, over William Byron. Byron's been the, you know, the angel baby. Everybody loves him this past uh month or so, which you know, I would have liked to have seen him got into the get into the round of eight because I think he would have done some damage. Clearly he did. Don't know how the points would have stacked up uh, to see if he would have made the finals. But in any case, I, I think this is a cool matchup that mm-hmm. they're putting out here. They're both very close in green flag speed on 750s. And I think the the experience at Phoenix puts it over the top. And Kyle getting exactly what he wants in qualifying and practice is uh, a big one. So great call out. I'm um, All in on that one with you.
0: Good.
1: Good stuff. So um, any others worth calling out here?
0: Uh, you know, I think we really <laughs> nailed the, uh, the head on a few of them. Uh, yeah. We seem to be in line, which is good. You know, when, yeah. you're, looking at, when you're looking at key data uh, and you're obviously then hearing some um, talking heads and, you, and sc- you know, scrolling through Twitter and seeing what uh, some of the, uh, experts or professionals are saying, it's always nice that you can line up then, um, data, uh, with that. So, uh, nobody that we haven't talked about, um, that I have new to kind of go over. We, we kind of covered it, which is great.
1: Yeah. The, the last one I'll end it with, um, didn't do any like hardcore, um, stats into this, but, we did talk about Eric Almirola at length, and he's going head-to-head against Tyler Reddick. He's the underdog, minus 105. Just another throw-in for Almirola if you want to get in on him. Uh, his green flag speed is much, much better than Tyler Reddick. And uh, to me, that's you know really a, a big deal. Um, looking at the average finish, I'm pulling it up right now. He is 11.7 compared to Tyler Reddick, who I can't even find on my sheet right now. Um, Yeah, sorry, bad radio here.
0: He's got a 29th place finish, 19th and 33rd in Cup. So Yeah, he's way down. It's uh, (laughs) it's definitely not uh, under 20.
1: 27.0, that's why I couldn't find him. I was looking up top, so uh, that's exactly... Yeah. why i couldn't find them and uh like i said I, I didn't dive too far into that that'll probably be you know in one of the little race day parlays i i throw together um on race day but it, it you know if you want to get in on somebody that i'm high on which is Almarola, that's a, another head-to-head so great stuff we, we talked at length there about this yeah. race so hopefully uh it's scratching the itch for for people out there a little bit of everything mm-hmm. um we're gonna uh, take a pause here before we go into the the truck and Xfinity stuff, but any other last-minute thoughts on the Cup race, Derek?
0: No, I I just can't believe that it's the end of the year. Gen six is going to be in the uh, the books uh, come the end of day Sunday. I think we're going to see a great race, and I think NASCAR is going to get exactly what they uh, are looking for. So should be a lot of fun, and uh, I think we'll we'll get a deserving champion, and I think we're going to get a really good race. So uh, can't wait to tune in for that.
1: Totally agree. That's a great way to put it. A deserving champion this year. Um, that's a, a great way to to round it up. Okay, so now, Derek, it's time to take a look at some of the lower series. Um, don't typically get into them this detailed, uh, but this is just one hell of a weekend for racing. So we gotta. Breakdown down at least the championship for, for Xfinity and the truck. So let's start with Xfinity, um, the race on Saturday. And, and what I'm going to do here, similar to what I did with the trucks, going to do a quick, as fast as I can, breakdown of the four drivers and the apples-to-apples apples stats for them this season. Um, so the drivers that we have are just ahead of time here, Austin Sendrick, A.J. Allmendinger, Daniel Hemrick, and Noah Gregson. Um, so I'll, I'll break down these guys and, and their profiles, which I think is pretty interesting for when we do the trucks in a second, because I think you know there's also a, a similarity between the four guys. Um, you can kind of map each one of these guys to uh, a driver in the truck series, so I, I think that's pretty funny. But uh, let's do Xfinity and we'll start with Austin Cindric, so he's plus 225 to win the championship plus 350 to win the race. Now, we talk about non-playoff drivers in the Cup Series. The difference in the, the odds are much different. So what they're saying here in the trucks in Xfinity is there's definitely a larger possibility of a non-playoff driver winning this race. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that at all, Derek, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Um, the odds are definitely stretched, stretched out a little bit. Cindric had a monster year, five wins, 21 top fives, 25 top tens. average finish. So just great season for him. He's moving up to the two car next year. He's finishing in the right mindset here in Xfinity. An eclectic group of racetracks that he won at. And that's something that I really like to see. Daytona, Phoenix, where they're at, Pocono, Dover, and the Indy uh, road course. So love to see that. He's not just a one-trick pony. He's currently on fire. Three of the last four races, he finished top two. And that's just wild. So if he were to do that again this week, you'd have to imagine that he he's going to win the championship at Phoenix. He has back-to-back wins here. This is why he's the favorite in seven starts. He has two wins. Like I said, back-to-back and uh, four top fives, six of seven top 10 finishes. His average finish at Phoenix is 5.9. That is by far the best out of all of the championship four. So Austin Sindrick, the favorite for a reason next best guys, the odds are concerned, A.J. Allmendinger. A.J. to me is the feel-good story. I don't know if you follow him at all, Derek, but um, I love A.J. Allmendinger. I think his story is incredible. He surprisingly has five wins, and that took me by surprise. I mean, I know he's been having a great year, but he won the Roval, Michigan, Bristol, Mid-Ohio, and Vegas. So he's not just a road course guy anymore. He's not just a super speedway guy. He's winning them all, 18 top fives, 22 top tens, average finish and at Phoenix can't really do like a side-by-side comparison for him because he only has three starts lifetime and they're separated by a huge chunk of time. He finished fifth this spring and then his previous starts were 2007 and 2008. So you basically got to throw them out, but they were 13th and 12th place finishes. So I guess the question there for the dinger, lack of experience at Phoenix, is that going to play a factor? Um, you know, I wouldn't think so because he finished fifth early in the spring, but uh, plus 450 to win the race plus 275 for the title. Um, the next best guy to win the championship is Noah Gregson plus 275. He's same as Almondinger, 450 to win the race. So he needed a win to make it into the Championship. He had a, a good start to the playoffs and people are singing his praises for the way he won that race at Martinsville. Nice and clean. He started on the outside. He just man up, won the race. Um, I think the crew chief said, you know, winners start up front when they were choosing the, the selection of where they're going to start. Three wins this season in 2021, Martinsville, Darlington and Richmond, all in the playoffs. So he's, you know, very similar um, to what you're seeing at Phoenix 13. Or those tracks are similar, sorry, to what you're seeing at Phoenix. 13 top fives this year, 20 top tens. Average finish, 13.4. Think thing about Gregson, though, eight DNFs. I mean, that's <laughs> that's kind of what you expect. He's kind of like a wild child, I think, the way he races and the way he acts. Uh, so eight DNFs kind of stands out to you there. Five starts, lifetime at Phoenix. No wins, one top five, three top tens. Finished 39th in the spring, um, so that was a, a DNF. Second last year in the title race, that was his best career finish. So Noah Gregson, same numbers to, as far as the odds are concerned as Almendinger, And he's coming off of that huge win momentum-wise. Now, the last guy is Daniel Hemrick. He's the lovable loser, in my opinion. <laughs> I don't know if that's nice of me to say, but plus 330 to win the championship, plus 500 to win the race. The reason I call him that, he was a 2019 Rookie of the Year and then got bounced to Xfinity. Like that's just so messed up 2021. His numbers this season, no wins. Like I said, he's a level loser 14 top fives, 20 top tens average finish, 11.1. So consistency got him into this race uh, and he's currently running well, just like we were talking about with Cindrick. three top threes in his last four races. So he's someone, I mean, he just got edged out by Gregson at Martinsville. Like I said, People love the way he raced. He didn't wreck them, but he lost. Five top fives in his last six races right now at Phoenix. No wins. Two top fives, four top tens. Average finish is 14.0. So his last three starts were outside of the top 20. Uh, he has not finished inside the top 20 since he went to the Cup Series in 2018 or after that season. So uh, just a little stat to throw out you there. So that's the breakdown of Extrinity I'll take a breath here to, to give you a chance to weigh in. Derek, uh, who stands out to you for the Xfinity championship and um, any overall thoughts here for this race?
0: Yeah. So uh, a lot of storylines, like you said, Uh, I think from a fan perspective, we would all love to see uh, the dinger, you know, come out on top, especially with uh, everything he went through in cup and kind of, you know, uh, getting a, a fountain of youth down in Xfinity. And like you said, he's won races, not just what he's known for in uh, road courses. He's won on all certain or different types of tracks. So, uh, and NASCAR would get a, uh, a nice storyline. If Hemrick would win a uh, Cinderella story, if you would, you know, first win, like you mentioned. Um, and, but I think, I think it's going to come down to Cindric, who I believe is probably the best NASCAR prospect to come out, uh, of Xfinity up to cup um, since um, Eric Jones and Eric Jones was, he was one of the top, um, you know, candidates uh, early on in his career um, to be that next guy. Cindric obviously going up to good equipment next great equipment next year. I think he wins early uh, in cup, but for my money, I'm going to go with Gregson. I think uh, he rides that momentum from his win in Martinsville. Uh, you know, he, He said it last week, um, before the race, this is our race to win. We're going to win this race. And anytime you give me a guy that is that determined and that driven and in that race last week, all the restarts he had to do on worn tires, raced, everybody clean, kept taking the high line and the high line is not ideally a place where you, um, you know, will get a win out at Martinsville, but his, his initial start right when the, uh, green flag would come out. Uh, he was better than everybody. So I think he takes that momentum, uh, into this weekend. Uh, another, another thing for him that I really liked, um, is in the last four races, he has a, um, second place, a seventh place, a 10th and 11th. So he's, he's obviously in the mix. And I think a key, uh, weapon for him is, uh, one of his teammates at JGO or at, um, Uh, JRM. And that's uh, Justin Allgaier. Allgaier is arguably one of the best racers at Phoenix. And I know Justin's not in the championship four, but all the notes and all the different things that Noah can um, glean from and take, I think, I think they do team just about as good as anybody. And I think Justin's going to be a key player for Noah this weekend. And again, they get practice, they get qualifying as well. So for my money, the 2021 champion in the Xfinity series, Noah Gragson. I
1: love that point that you just made about uh all guy and, and junior motorsports. That's just so well put. Um another kind of weird coincidence slash uh call out would be, you know, we had last year in the cup series, mm-hmm. nine car wins Martinsville, nine car wins Phoenix in the title. Well, this year, potential for the nine car to win Martinsville, the nine car to win uh, Phoenix and the title. So that would just be kind of weird, more weird than anything. Actually, while I'm on that topic, there's there's a potential for nines to be wild at Phoenix because Ben Rhodes, who we'll talk about in a second, he drives 99. Gregson drives nine. Elliot drives nine. Truex drives 19 <laughs> if you want to stretch it. Like so. That. Very, uh, if you want to get some weird parlays going, nines are uh, wild this year. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I love that point about Gregson and his teammates there. His his value um, t- to win the race, plus 450 is damn good, plus 275 there. He's actually going head-to-head against Almendinger, And, uh, you know, I, I everything you said about Almendinger's reigns true. Uh, he's definitely a fan favorite. I love what they're doing with Kola Gracing. He basically put that franchise on his back and willed them to cup and basically said, Go have fun because he's not racing in cup next year. Um, so just such a great dude. I don't think he's going to get it done. So I would take Gregson over him in a head to head as well. Cindric plus 350 to win the race that has my attention fully. Um, he's going head to head against John Hunter, I believe. Uh, Nimachek in a head-to-head matchup. So that's interesting because Nemechek's the second best uh, odds to win the race in Xfinity. We'll talk about in a second. But Hemrick, he doesn't even have a head-to-head matchup. Um, and that's kind of what I was saying. Like He just doesn't get the respect that he probably deserves because he's a model of consistency, does everything the right way. And so his value, if you're the, the gambler out there who just likes to take the long shots, he's the guy for that. I, for one, though, am probably going to steer clear. Um, He's going to end up at Collegue Racing next year. So Colleg they've got Almendinger a chance to win the title, and then they could potentially have the reigning champ next year. Um, So they kind of have two dogs in that fight. But I think it's the other two that are worth uh, focusing on for Xfinity. So um, you called those guys out, and I, I think we're on the same page
0: there. And you said that Noah recently won at Richmond. Is that correct?
1: Yes. He so won Richmond to lead off the playoffs.
0: Yep. So similar tracks, similar style. Exactly. Uh, yeah. That could be another, another little, um, maybe the gambling gods are pointing us in that direction.
1: That, that would make sense. I mean, I'm a big, you know, like we talked about with all the cup guys, similar racetracks, um, are definitely when you're trying to scrap for metrics, that is definitely something that rises to the top. And, uh, Yeah, I mean, momentum's a huge deal in sports. So Gregson, he's someone who's an enigma to me because I feel like normally someone of his caliber would have been uh, clamoring to be in a cup ride by now and maybe taken a lower ride just to get into cup. But somehow, some way, I guess it's because of Dale Jr.'s um, leadership or whatever. They've kept him in that camp, and I'm pretty sure he's back next year. Uh, so, I can imagine that if they ever go to Cup, he's their guy. That's probably what they're telling him. So, a championship to have on the mantle uh, would only just bolster that opportunity for him. So, um, Gregson, I like that pick for the value. Sindric, I like him just for the uh, favorite element to it. And if you want to talk about back-to-back winners in the Xfinity Series, Tyler Reddick did it uh, right before Sindric won, and Reddick is obviously having a great start to his career. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and Martin Truex Jr. and Dale Earnhardt Jr. <laughs> All the juniors um, are the the previous guys to go back to back. So he'd be in great company. And uh, I agree with what you're saying about him. Great prospect. When I originally saw him coming up, I kind of thought there was a little bit of nepotism going on there because his dad is the uh, director at Penske of um, – management i guess wherever his role is there director of operations so i was like oh what's the deal with this that's that's not right but he's proven that that is just not the case you know he's he's not the coach's son type of deal uh it's it's proven so those two guys would would be who i'm calling out as well so good stuff um any other thoughts on xfinity before we move to trucks
0: no i think i just think the race is going to be uh exciting from start to finish so i can't wait for I can't wait for the Xfinity race. It should be fun.
1: Great. Yeah. I'm I'm the same way. And I'm usually not too excited for Xfinity. So uh, it definitely has my attention because of these four guys, because of how different they are uh, and how different, you know, their careers have been where their careers are going and um, how different their, season has been really. So good stuff all around. Now I talked about how you can kind of map them to similar guys for the truck. So I'll, I'll do that to kick us off there to, to get the trucks started. Austin Sindrick is pretty much your John Hunter Nemechek, the guy who's dominated all year. Uh, Ben Rhodes would be your more consistent driver and, and AJ Allmendinger type dude. Uh, Zane Smith won to get in, just like Noah Gregson. And then you got the guy who is in the championship with no wins this year, Matt Crafton, just like Daniel Hemrick. So um, pretty similar, I would say. Like I said, the profiles kind of match up, and I find that super interesting. So uh, Derek, you and I were talking right before this, and anybody that listens to this knows I love the trucks. Um, I watch the trucks every single time they're on. I, I, I find them fascinating, because you have this just crazy, um, spectrum of age and skill level. And it all just comes together and meets on the racetrack. Now last week, definitely rubbed some people the wrong way. It was a wreck fest. I, you know, enjoyed seeing Zane Smith kind of fight through that at the end and, and surprise some people to get in. Um, hoping this race Friday night at Phoenix is a little bit more clean, but, also as exciting last year's truck race. I don't know if you remember it, Derek, but it was phenomenal. Like I remember I had Brett Moffat to, to win the race and Creed started like seventh or eighth or something on the restart. And it was just, it it looked like the the LA freeway. Like they were all spread out and, or or it's like one of those videos you see about, um, traffic in in like foreign countries just like all these cars coming around that huge dog leg at phoenix and all of a sudden creed just like jumps up there he ends up winning the race sheldon creed not being in this race definitely is uh tough to swallow matt Crafton just beat him out they had a little bit of beef there but let's break down these four drivers um and, and i guess to to give you a chance to jump in here so i'm not just completely dominating here derek any any thoughts about the martinsville race worth uh calling out for the yeah trucks?
0: well yeah well it was definitely uh action-packed and i think of all three series the one i'm looking forward to the most uh where i'll get my popcorn ready and i'll just sit down and just uh, binge watch the race and just uh all the excitement and drivers going everywhere i think it was last year where one guy took uh went six wide and wrecked them all in the uh turn uh what is now turn two yeah um, so it's it's probably the race that i'm looking forward to the most just because it's going to be uh, so chaotic yeah. Um uh, but last week uh you know they were talking about respect and they're talking about you know drivers don't respect anybody and you got to go out and take it i mean that's that's the format you got to go out and you got to take with you got to take what you want um, you can't just they talk about give and take a lot, but when you have a series like the truck series and you're limited with so many laps, they don't have 500 laps like the Cup Series did last week um, at Martinsville. They're so limited. They got to go all the time. So, uh, you know, I think I think there is a portion of it where you look at it and you're like, ah, where the respect level's gone. But these are also young, upcoming drivers that are trying to make their name for their, themselves. So. Uh, there's going to be a lot of carnage. There's going to be a lot of bad feelings. So uh, I'm good with it. I'm I'm all f- I'm all in for that. So I didn't see anything wrong, uh, you know, going into this week.
1: Well, that's great. And I think you make a good point, you know, get your popcorn ready. Maybe you don't even need to bet on this race to make it interesting for yourself, because it's just going to be that fun to watch, um, see what plays out without it. Because mm-hmm. if you have a a uh, uh, financial interest in it, you might be upset for uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no reason of uh, your driver's own. So let's break down the profiles here. I'll, I'll try to keep it quick. Uh, John Hunter Nimichek, he's your favorite. I mean, this is the driver of the year in the truck series. I love everything about John Hunter, about what he's done, dropping all the way back down to trucks, jumping into a, a KBM ride. You know, he, he didn't work out in Cup and he, he's found his niche in the trucks and getting some Xfinity ride. So Props to him overall. I think more drivers should take that model. Uh, if things don't work out in Cup Series, his average finish this season nine point nine. That's second out of everyone in the Cup Series. Five wins, twelve. Or sorry, the Truck Series, five wins, twelve top fives, fifteen top tens. He hasn't won since Pocono, so that could be concerning to some folks. Seven starts at Phoenix, two top fives, four top tens. Average finishes thirteen point seven. Um, so two second places at phoenix which you know stand out to you but back to back 29th place finishes um his last two races so that is a little concerning because he's plus 250 to win the race minus 110 to win the championship and so uh, you know I'll move on to the next guy but we'll we'll put a pin in that to talk about the next guy on the, the odds list would be Zane Smith one to get in like we said plus 650 to win the race plus 350 to win the championship so he snuck in uh but he was terrible the the previous two races this season one win two top fives 13 top tens average finishes 13.5 so he kind of you know two top fives not very consistent but he got it done You know, the clutch gene was there. He has one start at Phoenix. So that's kind of tough to really hang your hat on. But he finished second place last year to Sheldon Creed. And it was a great second place finish. Like he really worked his ass off for it. That finish, if you haven't seen it, it's worth Googling and watching the replay on uh, on YouTube because it really was a, a great finish. And Zane Smith proved that he can survive the chaos at the end of this race if he's there. The problem is this season, two top fives. One of which came last week when he won the race. I'm not sure. Uh, ben Rhodes is the next guy up, plus 700 to win the race, plus 425 to win the title. Ben Rhodes started this season with two straight wins. He won Daytona and then the Daytona Road course. After that, no more wins. Seven top fives, 15 top tens. Average finish is 9.6. That's the best in the truck series this season. Six starts at Phoenix. Two top fives, three top tens. Average finish is 10.3. That's second compared to everyone in the uh, truck series. So in the mix late last year in that crazy restart and finished seventh. Best finish at Phoenix is fourth. So Ben Rhodes, it's just, you know, he's there. You know what I mean? That's what you can say about Ben Rhodes. He's just there. He's a factor. It's just how things shake out, you know, That's the question. And then you have the old Wiley veteran, Matt Crafton. He's plus 800 to win the race, plus 500 to win the title. Um, You know, he would, because the truck series has a large potential of somebody winning like a Sheldon Creed, who is not in the championship for Matt Crafton presents a strong possibility for, there to be a champion crowned without winning a race this year so that would wreak havoc on this playoff format for a lot of uh, older fans but in any case uh you know zero wins this season actually to to harp on that point for a second he hasn't had a win since uh, or one win total since 2017 so i love matt crafton but that's a that's a rough stat um Five top fives this year, twelve top tens. His average finishes third in the series, eleven point four. Got into that scrap with Creed last week. Creed seemed to take it okay. I don't. I think once things kind of settled, you realize you know it wasn't directly getting into Creed. It was getting into Endfinger, who got into Creed. So I wouldn't expect Sheldon to react negatively on the racetrack this weekend. Sheldon's got bigger fish to fry in his career. Why would you get into it with Crafton, who's a lifer in this series? phoenix 20 starts for Crafton and zero wins and that stands out to me but six top fives 12 top tens so something to look at there. 14th last year in this race his best finish ever was in 2014 and when he finished second so that's the breakdown with the stats by driver here in the truck series anything jump out to you derek i know that um you know i'm more of the truck guy than you are so i can kind of you know, get into it, but, uh, just wanted to give you a chance to jump in with anything you're hearing.
0: Yeah, I would definitely say that you are, uh, in comparison. Uh, the thing I found most interesting, uh, was with John Hunter, it was, you know, some of his results, uh, you know, in 2019 and 2018, he finished 29th. I found that a little interesting. Um, but you know, he does have a second, sixth, second and seventh, uh, previously. So, uh, recent success hasn't been great uh, he's obviously the favorite, so it makes a lot of sense to go in his direction. Uh, we heard Zane Smith say last week after he won, you know, that win meant so much to him because he doesn't know what he's doing next year. Uh, and what, what a way to, <laughs> what a great thing to put on your resume. If you go out and win the championship, um, uh, the, the person I was looking at the most, I think Matt Crafton, there was a great comparison with, uh, you know, Almendinger. I think that's who you compared him to, um, But Ben Rhodes, to me, like you said, he won the first two races. They were so exciting, uh, both at Daytona earlier in the year. So my storyline, I think, and I could be wrong in this, but uh, I think the guy that won the first race of the year will also win the last race of the year uh, in making Ben Rhodes the uh, 2021 uh, Truck Series champion. So uh, I know he doesn't have a second-place finish like some of the other guys or like all the other guys do at some point. At Phoenix, but he's, he's the dark horse that I think could upset uh, the apple cart this weekend. Uh, who do you have uh, as the favorite, or, or uh, what are some of your favorite bets?
1: So you hit the nail on the head for me. I, I'm, this is kind of like a Goldilocks situation for me. Um, I, I'm looking at John Hunter. I, I love everything that I'm seeing about him. I mean, those finishes that we talked about back to back 29s, yeah, that doesn't look good on paper, but he's in KBM. Equipment now, and, and it's a different uh, monster. And and he's obviously got the the skill to um, rebound from that. I don't think he's thinking about it too hard. Uh, the thing that scares me from John Hunter is that he's minus one ten to win the title. And you know, I'm not making much money there. You could get him to win the race plus two fifty, and maybe that whets your whistle. Um, so that is something that I would definitely entertain. But for him, I might live bet him. You know what I mean? See how. See if he does uh, shake back a little bit. And, you know, if it doesn't scare you too much, you can get some better odds on him on a live bet. That's maybe when I would throw it in for him. Crafton, he's, you know, I don't think uh, he's just going to have the ability to get it done. I love Matt Crafton. My cousin, Greg, who's on a couple weeks ago, loves Matt Crafton. I love betting on Crafton because he's in that bright yellow car Mm -hmm. or truck. And it's so easy to spot. That? <laughs> it's like every, it so consistent uh, with the paint schemes, but I, I think he, he snuck in. I would say that maybe, you know, he's not deserving to be here. I think it would be better to see Sheldon Creed in that spot. So I, I think he might have peaked. Um, then it you break down Rhodes versus Zane Smith. And I like Ben Rhodes for just the consistency, even though he hasn't won since Daytona when they left the, the road course, first and average finish seven top fives. Like that's, you know, what we're talking about here as far as like being there in the end. Um, I like Ben Rhodes for his value as well. Plus 700 to win the race is just phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Um, So if a truck series driver is going to win the championship and the race, give me that all day. Uh, Zane Smith, you know, second last year, which is great, but, I I, I don't see him replicating that. I I think he might've just kind of, uh, shot his shot last week and caught lightning in a bottle. And I don't know if it happens twice. I'm betting that it doesn't, but talking Goldilocks, I I think John Hunter's too expensive. Matt Crafton's just too outrageous. It would be between Zane and Ben. Maybe I would bet on a little bit on both of them, but if I had to choose Ben Rhodes is who I'm, Backing and they're actually going up head to head against each other. And I'm taking Rhodes over Zane Smith head to head, minus 110 as the underdog. Um, I actually hit on that bet specifically three times this year in uh huge numbers. (laughs) Uh, Ben Rhodes versus Smith has made me money a lot this year, so I don't know why I would back off that. And I love, like you said, the narrative of first race of the year, last race of the year, champion. Um, so the the other bets that I had, John Hunter minus one forty five versus Sheldon Creed. That I think is super interesting. If you wanted to play Sheldon Creed, um, like I said, I, I mentioned how I anticipate playing John Hunter more so either to win the race or live bet him. Um, so Sheldon Creed as the underdog plus one hundred, I think, is super intriguing because Sheldon Creed deserves to be in this race and I don't think he's going to be letting off the gas. Um, so that intrigues me. And then Matt Crafton versus Todd Gillen. So if you wanted to bet on that bright yellow truck, I like Crafton over Todd Gillen because simply going up against a non playoff driver, they do Make it a little easier on these guys. So Todd Gillan doesn't know that he's going up against Crafton in a head-to-head matchup. Like he's not betting on himself, so he's not going to be forcing the issue with the 88. Um, so I would I would take Crafton in that matchup minus 120. So those are my breakdowns. I'll throw more out there. There's a lot of fun uh, head-to-heads that are available that I'll throw on Instagram like I usually do for Friday night. But those are my thoughts. Any anything to pick at there uh, from your perspective, Derek?
0: No, not really. I think you said it perfectly. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's uh, looking at your track record for this year. Um, the truck series is definitely something I know nobody else is talking about or has been as accurate as you. So <laughs> I, I heed that advice uh, whenever you talk about the trucks. So it uh, should be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, the fact I'm so happy that it's a Friday night race. Um, I, I absolutely love to be able to, you know, crack some beers, got nothing going on. Just, you know, kick your feet up Friday night lights pretty much. And uh, watch those guys go at it. I'm glad that they didn't do a double header on Saturday and you can really stretch out all of this excitement across three days. So really happy about that. And I think we're going to be in for a treat. So, um, well, that's, that's all we have. I mean, we talked about a lot of bets. So if you're, you're someone who feels like you didn't, Uh, get the itch scratched. I'd love to hear from you uh, because we we talked a lot about different things that you can throw your money down on the last week in NASCAR. So Derek, thank you so much for coming on any final words for the year.
0: Well, I appreciate you again for having me. Uh, And I know I mentioned it the first time I came on Uh, just thank you for what you're doing in the community. I know uh, the sport of NASCAR is going to grow. Uh, and 2022 is going to be uh, a year like we as fans and gamblers have not seen before uh, with NASCAR. So, uh, you know, it's been a great year. Uh, again, I appreciate you having me on, and uh, yeah, I think we're just going to have a great weekend, and can't wait um, to see uh, all the champions this weekend, and then uh, as we head into the off offseason uh, with tons of excitement. So, uh looking forward to it very much thank you again for having me on
1: yeah i appreciate you taking the time we obviously spent a lot of time tonight breaking through so appreciate you making the time to do that and um yeah for being able to bounce some ideas off of uh people this season you've come on three times i believe so um you know anybody that's had the um niceness i guess i don't know the word but to to join me like yourself uh it makes it a lot of fun to do so hopefully we'll catch you next season uh when we start back up in the the springtime it'll be around the corner just like this came quickly uh you know daytona will be here before we know it i'm sure all right all right all right well if you made it this far congrats this was the longest podcast in the three seasons that we've been doing this. So thank you. And I just wanted to take a second, since this is the season finale, to say thank you to anyone out there that listens to this podcast. I appreciate you. It makes this so much more fun to do when we get to have those communications on Instagram or Twitter or wherever it may be, meeting new people, bringing some people in to talk. I appreciate any of our guests this year that came on, especially guys that came on multiple times, um, meeting those guys and and following them and their picks throughout the year it's just been great it's kind of a small group of people out there that care about gambling and nascar so it's great to to see that growing and uh, if you're listening to this podcast you're one of them so uh, whether it's someone that you know i interact with out there on instagram or you just like listening i appreciate you and, and thank you so much for spending part of your week each week with nascar um, listening to me rant about picks That's uh, pretty crazy. So, thank you once again, and I hope everybody has a great off season. Study up on this new car because we're going to be coming in in February, Daytona, with a lot of stuff to talk about. So, remember: drive fast, take chances, and we'll see you next year. <laughs>